U.S. 131 Motorsports Park. What you like most about drag racing. We are live right now with Modified to the Lanes. Welcome to U.S. 131 Motorsports Park Drag Racing Podcast. Strap in and hang on for all the latest news, results, and happenings from the fastest quarter-mile track in the world. Gary and Justin will offer different perspectives for what's going on at the track and highlighting different drivers and events along the way. This week, we will be covering, well... Well, we've got uh, some results from last weekend before the range came. We've, uh, we had a visit from Kyle Riley, so we have some news about the SFG race. Okay. And, of course, we're going to talk about the Memorial Day race coming up. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about the interview that we have with uh, Jim Overmeyer. That's the best part. It is. It, it, be sure to listen for the, through the whole podcast. You're not going to want to miss that. I can't interview. wait for that. Well, thank you for taking the time to download and listen to our show. If you enjoy it, please rate us accordingly and tell your friends and family. If you have any ideas or suggestions, please let us know. Well, I think the biggest result from this last weekend is Mother Nature. Yeah, she was the big winner (laughs) in Michigan again. On on, uh, Saturday the 18th, the rains came in about uh, 7 o'clock or so, and it was kind of a tough choice to make. You know, the powers to be were looking at it. We'd already fallen two hours behind with some uh, water seepage at the track and an oil down. And, man, uh, already we were looking at uh, 12, 30, 1 o'clock at best finishing up. And then right. the rains came, the storm, the wind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, and and un- unfortunate as it was, that was definitely the best decision that could be made given the circumstances. And then Sunday's uh, washout was a good decision. Oh, well. absolutely. It was a miserable day on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we did get some Mojo Quick 16 qualifying in. That was fun. The uh, The Mojo Quick 16 was bigger than ever. Yeah, 24. 24 entered cars entered, which is the most they've spots. ever had. 16 spots. We actually had a real live bump spot. That's great. That uh, we were able to view on the bottom of the tower, just like at the big. That's cool. Just like the big boys. I'm, I mean, the bottom of the boards, ended up uh, that bump spot at four ninety three. That's that's a pretty solid bump. Not every dragster runs in the fours, and it, no. uh, and these these uh, guys and gals were doing really well. Uh, I think Aaron Sturvan ended up the quickest with her new supercharged car. Okay. It was uh, a 444. Okay. I think she ran a best of 38 that day. Yeah. Well, the, the the first round of qualifying for the Quick 16 happened after the sun came out, and the sun came out and brought some humidity with it, uh-huh. and the barometer, the bottom fell out of that. That's and right. I remember now. The, You're right. They the, sl- everything slowed down. Yeah, everything slowed down a bunch. And that's when they had their first qualifier. They had uh, two rounds of qualifying, so... Uh, that was impressive to see 24 racers jump in that thing. That you? was cool. Hats and off to Matika. Absolutely. And 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 just a quick shout out to to everybody who who j- did jump in and and I think uh, Dick Motika was very pleased with the participation and mm-hmm. and it made for a, a really really cool setup for oh, a, yeah. an awesome quick 16 field. Oh, Peggy was very busy. Oh, I'm and, sure. And she kept running up to the tower. We got more, we got more, we got more. Oh, and she, uh, she was really doing a great job keeping it all organized. That's great. How do you like Aaron Servants? Man, car? that thing is sharp. Did what? you hear the story? I had not heard the story. Well, this car was at uh, Dave Lanning's shop and he just rewired it, but it was still sitting there, sitting there for a while. Okay. And, uh, and so Mike says, what do you think? Did that guy want to sell that car? And they called him up and sure enough, he was the owner. No kidding. And then he had 10 days to put that car together, completely put the plumbing in it, the fuel system, the the rear end, certainly the engine and the supercharger. Really? And in 10 long days, he got that done so that she could make it to that next points race. No kidding. 
And wow. It ran that, flawlessly from the start. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and, and we talked the last time. Mike Staley mm-hmm. was not going to rest. No grass grows under his feet. You're, you're right. Until he, he had the, the best equipment that he could possibly have out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Nelkin stepped up, and he kind of gave back to the junior program a little bit. He, he actually bought a drum of fuel and gave uh, the fuel to the best losing package in the first round. And Tobin Will was the recipient of that fuel. Oh, yeah. That, so I got a tip of the hat to Tyler Nelkin. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And yeah. Tyler's Tyler's you know, generally messaging me a couple times th- throughout the week. And mm-hmm. he's always got some idea to try to try to help people out or, yeah. you know, get, get the kids more involved. And, and I think he's got a big heart for, for getting people involved and, and keeping people excited about this. Yeah. He came from junior directors. Yep. Him yeah. and his sister, both. No kidding. Yep. And exactly. they, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Ken. He's a good racer too. Oh yeah. Hey, real quick. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about juniors, uh, one of our, one of our regulars, Seth Jimenez, yeah. Picked up an Ironman at Dragway 42 this last weekend. Wonderful. So wow. huge congratulations going out to the whole Jimenez family. So what race but was that? That was the, I believe that was an IHRA Sportsman Spectacular they had down at Dragway oh, okay. 42 this mm-hmm. last weekend. And wow. Seth, uh, Seth got himself an Ironman. Nice piece of hardware. Good for him. That's great news. Oh yeah. So we had a we had a fifty fifty that did a little better this last weekend. Yep. And Michelle Taylor was out selling tickets. I mm-hmm. didn't know that. I did see that. Yeah. Kim and Courtney brought up the uh, three hundred forty five dollar winning prize. So, and uh, guess who won? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Butch Phelan. Not this time. <laughs> no, but George Robleski came oh, up with a winning George. ticket. Good for George. Did hey? Speaking of George Robleski, he he's got his car back together. Yeah, the thing looks sharp. I like oh, the red. It's red now. I yeah, know. I like it. It's going good, going straight. All new front end on it, and yeah, it's great to see him back. Him and Andy both are are there every week now in full yeah. force. That's a good deal. Kyle Riley was was here yet again. Yeah, uh, second points race in a row. Yeah, trying to promote the the SFG five hundred, which uh, realistically it pays five hundred twenty five thousand dollars to win. Yep. That's, that's the that's the main event on the Saturday of the the last weekend in June, mm-hmm. and Kyle is is definitely trying to to get as much support as he possibly can for this race, and mm-hmm. and and he's he's not slept I don't think in about three months <laughs> trying to trying to to think of new ways to get more people involved, and and I think he's you know he's he's on the right track and and doing a good job with it, and he he threw together a raffle, yeah, right. Yeah. By the way, about the 500, he told me that he has 400 cars pre-entered. No kidding. That's, uh, and plus he expects plenty at the gate. Sure. But yeah, he was throwing around some uh, some entries. He, he wanted the uh, winners and runner-ups in both mod and top to have 50K entries. That's the two, uh, the Thursday and Friday 50,000 oh, races. Oh, no kidding. Okay. So that's $600 to, to enter both of those races. And that's he a was, pretty good deal. He was willing to give that to the uh, winners and runner-ups in both modified and top. Uh, of course, the rain kind of spoiled that. Yeah. He also, on the semifinalists, were to get a 20K warm-up uh, race. That f- was that Wednesday night race. Okay. Uh, and that's $135 to enter. So wow. they, that was going to go to the semis. He had all these prizes rolled up and ready to go. Uh, and uh, when the rains came, you know what he did? What's he that? said that he will give those out on our Memorial Day weekend. No kidding. Race. On the Saturday, the first wow. race of the Memorial Day weekend. Those prices will stand, and they will go to the winners and runner-ups. That's the 50K races. And the semifinalists will get the uh, the 20K warm-up race entries for free. Oh, that's this pretty com- cool. This coming Saturday. That is very cool of Kyle. Yeah. So, And, and then he had a, a raffle. 
to mm-hmm. get some people into the SFG 500. The main the event. The main event, yes. right? So That's it was $100 right. tickets. He sold, I don't know how many he sold, but it was... Yeah, it wasn't. he was looking for 30. He uh, ended up getting 20, and, and I think one of his friends had to... Uh, to pony up to make it an even 20. Oh, okay. So instead of giving away three, he gave away two, which is okay. a one in 10 chance uh, to win a $1,650 sure. entry for the main event. Uh, Nate Alexander was picked for one of them. Oh, no kidding. And Good then, for Nate. then Kyle's friend won the other. Oh. <laughs> as it turned out. I asked him what he's going to do with it if he races. He said, no, he, he'll put somebody in, it, in, oh, the, cool. in the race for, with that. Though. Very cool. And then uh, he wasn't done. He see, we were down there at the, the uh, winter circle, and, and we were picking those things out. Had a, had a good crowd around us, and I and he said, "Let's pull another name out for those twin fifties. Okay, just as a bonus out of sure, those twenty no people kidding. that entered. And Alan Connors won that. No kidding. And then he pulled one more name for a twenty k warm up race, and he gave that to John Smith. Oh wow! So those guys are going to be able to get their feet. That's right with pretty the, cool with the, with the big boys at the. At the SFG 500. That is pretty cool. Now, we did highlight just a, I mean, just a second ago, the Memorial Racer Appreciation event. Right. That's coming up this weekend. Yeah. That's and, the- you know, we, we talked a little bit about that, you know, in the last couple episodes. And it's basically, it's a couple five grand to win races. Mm-hmm. It's $195 to enter you, in, in box and no box. Two right. completely separate classes. Two mm-hmm. completely separate purses. And, uh, I mean... Real, it, it's going to be a good time this weekend. Oh, yeah. And I've got one more surprise for you, Gary. I, mm-hmm. I, I told you I had two things I wanted to jump in here with. Mm-hmm. The other is Tyler Nelkin. I told you he messages me occasionally. <laughs> well, we were messaging back and forth last night, and we came up with this practice tree showdown. Oh, my goodness. And we're going to do it Saturday night after the final round of the, of the 5Ks and the shootout on Saturday night. Wow. It'll be a practice tree race, $5 entry, max of two entries. Okay. We will separate box and no box down to one in each mm-hmm. in each class and run off for the final. It'll be 100% payback. Okay. So This will be the, a full-size practice tree? It, we're, yep. We're planning on having a full-size practice tree. We'll do it under the pavilion by the souvenir stand. Uh-huh. So right. there's plenty of room for people to gather around. Elite Fuels and Lubricants has thrown in a barrel of fuel. Oh, my gosh. So the winner of the practice tree race will be taking home a, a barrel of methanol mm-hmm. plus the, you know, the, the winner's chunk of, of, the, of the payout. We plan to play, pay back to four places. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good this time. It's going to be a late night Saturday night. It could be. It could be. But it, it'll be a good time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions or need any more information, Get a hold of myself or Tyler Nelkin for for more details. Wow. But. Yet more fun. Oh, absolutely. For the Memorial absolutely. Day Racer Appreciation. And, you know, I think the, the main event of the entire weekend is going to be the Friday night pit vehicle race. I've, I've, had somebody, <laughs> I've had somebody ask already if there was a maximum length to a stripe taker on a golf cart. And mm-hmm. I, I couldn't come up with anything in the rules. Now, I did tell them that I think I've seen six beer cans stacked on a two-by-four lengthwise for a stripe taker so we'll see. we'll see what they come up with oh my goodness that's friday night right? that is friday night so that, that's sure to be a great time absolutely so that won't be too too late no uh-uh. no mm. so and and just one other note uh, the your rented pit spots your reserved spots are good for the this weekend as mm-hmm. well as the bottom ball bash right the track just requests that you let them know one way or the other whether you plan to to attend, especially if you're not going to. Especially there. if you're not going mm-hmm. to attend. So mm-hmm. I really, really hope to see everybody here this weekend for Memorial Day. Um, there is a, a junior dragster race as well, three hundred and fifty dollars mm-hmm. to win. 
one class basically all run the the 1190 cars the beginner cars will be run separate, separate down to one and it'll be on a friday and saturday friday two, two and races. Saturday. yep wonderful so wonderful. check the facebook page or the website for more information on the memorial day racer appreciation event coming up this weekend mm-hmm. so and then we're gonna we're gonna shift gears a little bit and get jim overmeyer on the phone and talk with him a little bit about some some ancient drag racing history Jim, how how's it going down there today? Well, I'm a little depressed with this stupid weather we've been having all month. <laughs> Man, aren't we all? This is this has been crazy. You know, killed us at the track this weekend. Yeah, summer's coming, Jim. Yeah, Sounds I had certain. a little surprise for Gary apparently when I made one of my full track runs there. Yeah, we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to that in just a minute, Mister Hot Rod there, Mister <laughs> Mister All Out License Pass. Uh, oh yeah. Anyway. Yep. But yeah. Jim, we're glad to have you, man. You got you bring with yourself a, a lot of history. It goes way back into the the '60s. I, can you can you give us a little brief uh, update, maybe a a quick rundown on some of your racing history, how you got started, and and some of those days in the early days. Well, it was you know street racing was such a big thing in the '50s and '60s. You know, you could run down to the car lot or used car lot and buy something with a with a big engine and and go out and be competitive mm-hmm. and uh you know it was we were dodging the state police and the township police <laughs> all the still kept it up uh my first first car was a 53 studebaker commander with a 232 in it mm. i knocked the bearings out of it so i took it out to 259 and changed camshafts and cut the heads mm-hmm. and it ran pretty decent. I used to run that old Ciola, but I, I don't think I ever got out of the 18s with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we didn't know that much about whatever was in the rear end was in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just knew they were gears, right? <laughs> that was that was it. You know, that, that would have been the last thing I would tackle was that. And then I, I moved on uh, from that to a 57 Chevrolet Bel Air. I... Mm-hmm. This little studio was pretty quick, and I got the mouth on off to some dude and his girlfriend one night, and we went out and tried that out, and that surely put me away so bad I went and bought one the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I did, you know. I believe <laughs> it, yeah. You know, those, um, I was lucky enough, a friend of mine had some problems with him and his girlfriend, and he had a 57, and he had bought in the head's, intake off a of corvette which was the 245 horse with the dual force so i bought those and put them on mine and mm-hmm. put a melling cab or no the old 98 dunthoff in there which was really popular okay <laughs> a solid lifter camshaft and um that car ran pretty decent but yeah let again uh, i think about 1703 was the quickest i ever went with that and by today's standards it's a dog so, yeah, so you, back then, I mean, that was a couple tons of fun and, and not a whole lot of cubic inches by today's standards either, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, then I, I got a wild hair and traded that on a year-old Corvette. It was a 315 horse injected in a late 60, just before the t- – I couldn't figure out how that because 290 was supposed to be the big horsepower in the 60s. But when I bought it and I was cleaning the engine and it had 315 on the valve cover, which was 
the same as they had in the 61 Corvettes, the Fuelies. Mm. Oh, okay. So newer engine. That was a pretty quick little car. I, I remember I took that Dolciola and was racing that now and then. 1408 was the quickest I ran, which I thought was really good. Oh, definitely. Wasn't bad for those days. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. Um, then I decided to get married and bought a 59 Impala, real nice car, and ended up putting a 327, 340 horse in that with a four speed. <laughs> Never did take that car to the track. Mm -hmm. uh, traded that up for a new GTO in 64 when they came out in November of 63, and I just thought, man, that's a dream car. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <clears throat> Took that to, to 30, U.S. 30. Mm -hmm. We were running down there, and uh, I won a 1386 with it and was really pleased. If you were in the 13s in 1964, you were doing pretty good. Oh, definitely. How about that? The, the, <clears throat> the horsepower wars were just starting in about 64, just, weren't they? Yeah, just, just well... You know, the, the 406 Ford uh, in 62 and 3, and then the 427, uh, the 409s and the Chevrolets, mm -hmm. uh, they were they were touting some pretty good horsepower. The rated horsepower in that GTO was 348 with tricarbs. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it did fairly well. Uh, we went to, to 30, and it was a zoo down there. It's kind of like the grudge racing at Martin where you got a hundred people on the starting line. <laughs> these guys were going for big money. And there was some guys from black kids from Chicago were racing some Puerto Rican kids from Gary. <laughs> and, you know, they all hung together in their groups and they put up, they had a guy carrying a load of money and, and uh, one of them ran off the track Naturally, he lost, and they, when they started looking for the money guy, he had disappeared. <laughs> Man, everybody was into their cars, you know, they were going after their guns and stuff, and I told my guys, I said, we're not coming back here. <laughs> U.S. 30. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, two weeks later, they had a shootout in the stands between some biker gangs, and a couple people were killed. I said, I, that's the reason we're not going back. We never did. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's getting pretty close to Chicago there, isn't it? Oh, that place was a zoo. So the, the first car I remember is your, your Malmouth, Malmouth, right? The, the Malmouth Corvette, yeah, not... You, don't you remember the giant killer? We used to run that at Martin a lot. Oh yeah, no, I don't remember that person, but I do remember hearing about it. It yeah. was a it was a '63. We started out in CMP with a 339 in it. Mm -hmm. We were going 1270s with that car, and I remember we went to Indy in 1965, I think it was, with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking around with some of the other modifieds, you know, and I see these Vertex mags in them. Wow. And we were having, you know, we'd have plug problems with that car. And I asked this one dude, I said, how do you get away with running that Vertex in this thing? You know, and he had a 60 or 53 Corvette in modified production. Okay. He said, dude, I don't know what rule book you were reading when you built your car, but this Magneto was legal for this car. <laughs> Man, I went and got a copy of the rule book and sure, I must have been in the super stock. When, when I was looking to see oh, what. Oh, yeah. So we ordered one from George as soon as we got back from Indy. And, uh, you know, George was always there for us, George Lane. Yep. 
And we popped that thing in there, and we went right into the 1240s up uh-huh. at Martin. We were killed in, in, in the modified eliminator for the rest of the year up there. No kidding. Mm-hmm. No. I had one no. bad habit. I would always, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, you're good. The bad habit I had was mentally trying to figure out the combinations for the next year. We'd come back with a completely new combination the next year and couldn't get out of our own way, you know, until I got the car stored out, which took half a season. <laughs> you know, finally learned, you know, stop, stop doing this and that, come back to where you were and make a change now and then. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to ask, uh, what could you just take a give us a brief overview of what modified production was as far well, as the class goes yeah it was uh now in the old days they limited us to seven inch tires which i thought was insane <laughs> uh, we used to have to jack the car up and and put it in second or third gear and spin it and take a surfform file and saw the sides of those down because if you got over seven inches, which those tires would grow, they would toss you right out. No kidding. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, you weren't required to have a back seat, which you were in stock. Uh, all your safety equipment had to be functional. Now, we did have to have an exhaust system in those days. Wow. So I made one out of, uh, I had it bent up. It was out, like out an inch and a quarter, lightweight stuff. And uh, just had one muffler off a small uh, uh, yard machine, you know. Kind of <laughs> yeah, something that, um, something that wouldn't restrict the flow too much, right? Yeah. Um, yep. As far as the difference between Superstock and and us uh, was, we were cubic inch to weight, where you know they were they were advertised uh, horsepower. Mm-hmm. Okay. And super stock, and you know, it, it just I didn't want to be limited. We I ran a few super stocks, uh, but modified production was that was what I was born for, I think. Oh, yeah. Now, you now, know, you, pretty much everybody in modified production ran manually shifted cars and a, and a really heavy flywheel, too, right? Well, no, that well, I ran a different combination of flywheels depending on the track. It, and we had that flywheel clutch out of there every week. Okay. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I developed a friendship with a guy over Jimmy over at South Bend Clutch. So I would collect flywheels and clutches, you know, the pressure plates from the guys at Martin, take them down there on Monday, pick them up on Thursday, and he would always do mine for free because I would then pick up the money up that those guys owed. Sure. But uh, I had a... <clears throat> I ran from a 26 to a 30, I think, was the only two that I switched around. And, and if, if the car, if the track was really noted for hooking up, depending on where we went, because we used to run this Division Three uh, points circuit in a national deal, sure. never was really that good. But uh, we would change to that clutch flywheel combination. I even... Even had an aluminum, a 16-pounder, but it just uh, it didn't work out, so I parked that thing. <laughs> now, now, just just to satisfy my my technical part of what I'm what I'm curious about with this. Now, what what tr- kind of track conditions or what kind of track would you use the heavier flywheel for? Well, some of them had started really working on the starting line because. 
know, when the pro cars would come in there, I mean, they couldn't get get out, you know, if it was slippery. And the VHTs and the, the, the traction compounds really started becoming part of our process. And if it was a track that, uh, and John always kept, John Griffin's always kept uh, Martin pretty well because he always, he was one of the best promoters, I think, in the country. No uh, kidding. We had such a, I mean, I, I got to tell you this story. Uh, being an electrician, I was on a job one time at St. Mary's and going around on a weekly walk around and the engineer, she was a nun and she was pretty savvy. And she told this uh, carpenter foreman that he didn't do this, that, like he said, and he said, oh, no, I never. And she pulled the recorder out and played exactly what he said he would do. And, and boy, I thought, man, am I glad I did what she told me. <laughs> so we're having a, a, the meetings from the tracks came once a year, and they were with Griffins, and Marty Barrett would be there, and Bob Daniels from mm -hmm. NHRA. And uh, they made a couple announcements, and Griffins said, and I'm ready for this. I got my recorder going. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he says, you know, if we if we have over 40 cars and modified, we'll pay back four places. Man, I kept that right in the glove box. <laughs> <laughs> and one night they had, I don't know, it was 40 plus, and I got the semifinals, and I don't know, I got beat. So I went to they had that little building over behind the tower on the other side of the white road that came in there. Yep. That's where they always paid us. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And I went in there and I check and he's in there and Don Perdome was in there and some other pro and I can't recall who that was. But I went up to the counter there and she says, what can I do for you? And I said, well, I'm here to get a check. I said, I was in the semis, semis it modified. And Griffin's is standing over there and you know, John was a he was a kind of a arrogant, smug type guy. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no, we only paid two places. And I said, hold on a minute. I went right off to my pickup, and I got that recorder, and I come and laid that down and played that. And he turned around and walked away, and he said, pay him. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that was one of my favorite, favorite stories. That's great. That you know, I, I, can, I can picture that exact... The exact, that exact scenario playing out and, and just and picture the look on John's face <laughs> and hear all him I, saying exactly what you just said. <laughs> all I could see was the back of his head because he was going in his little office area back there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I need to fast forward to when, uh, into the 70s, when you guys were all racing in modified production. And it seems like uh, on a local level, we had, a, I don't know, a dozen, maybe 20 of you guys that were there every week and all going around... 10.30 or so, uh, some big box, well, I, some small box. And and Craig, of course, was the in the Camaro and the Corvette. Well, I guess the Camaro is one I remember the most. And uh, Craig Clapp, your current driver, was uh, one of the best drivers and shifters of, of all of you, right? And he could he could drive any, any four-speed. Now, I hated the Chryslers. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel comfortable, you know. Uh, but Craig could drive any of those. And there was... Well, there was the Cork Connell brothers, and they had, or, or father and son, I should say, 
and they had a pair of Corvettes. Yep. Gary Arnold had a 59 Corvette. Yep. That's I had right. my 62. Yep. Uh, Stuart and Clapp had their Camaro, and they were running B modified. Okay. In those days. And that's, that's before Paul Stewart got hooked up with Dick Aarons in Detroit. Mm hmm. You know, actually, I had built a motor for them for their 57, and then Paul, who Paul is an excellent engine builder, but it's just we didn't have access to dynos and things like that, and mm -hmm. we just didn't have the best parts to make top horsepower. Mm -hmm. uh, who else was there? There was a kid from Niles had a damn Volkswagen. <laughs> he was running like H gas, and he had that thing right on the number. Wow. Um I remember uh, Chuck Cummins and uh, the Healer real estate car. I remember, uh, of course, Jim uh -huh. Roberts. Jim Roberts. Was yeah, I was just going to say Jimmy yeah. Roberts was always there. We had a kid yeah. from Grand Rapids named Billy Robinson, too, mm -hmm. that had a pretty fast. Uh, but, I uh, think he first he ran a 55, and then he got a, a Z28 and was really good in, in stock. And stock was big in those days. You know, you, when you see street today, Stock in the old days, you know, were all your your factory cars, and yeah, yeah. You you had, uh, you know, we we had this kid from South Bend, this Dick Brennan, that moved up into yeah. Ford, um, <clears throat> and he was running. A, a, well, it wasn't stock. Every time he had to go to the nationals, he'd pull whatever he had in there out of there, and mm. couldn't get out of his own way. He never really won anything big, but. <laughs> I always thought your car was the, the prettiest, though. That that green Corvette, it was just so immaculate, inside and out. Always first first class all the way. Yeah, I uh, I think I would have been more successful as a racer if I'd spend less time cleaning and more on the performance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Shorty Miles, uh, my partner in that car, he had, had a stock and then a super stock Dodge. Mm -hmm. And decided that uh, the money was getting to him, yeah, as it did to most of us. So he got joined me in, in that car, and he worked on it like he owned it. Hell, I couldn't have done it without him. Mm -hmm. You know, and Dick Zabel at Shaker, without him, I never would have had a chance because he would fund me all through the, the racing season and then allow me to pay my bill through the winter months. Nice, nice. Well, let's get to that Shaker racing car. That's the one that's, uh, that's kind of this tribute car that you guys put together that we're seeing at the track today, these days, right? Yeah, he, uh, I had been over there one time at his house. Dick and I were good friends over all those years. Mm -hmm. We used to fight like cats and dogs when I was racing the 62. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he'd have a hundred out uh, ideas, and I might have two, mm -hmm. you know. And if ten percent of those work out, well, you can see who'd be successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, I never saw a guy that worked as hard as he did. And mm -hmm. uh, when I was racing the junior alcohol funny car, I was over to his shop because they took care of the engine for me over there. You know, Craig never Blossom never did anything for me other than sell me the parts. Mm -hmm. Unless I needed the block sleeve, then I'd take it up to Craig. And, mm -hmm. you know, Craig was just like Dick Sable. I mean, that guy was so helpful when I first got into that. I wasn't even running his engine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was running a, a PM, which was a Phil McGee. And yeah. Craig was doing everything to help us sort that car out. And I told my son, who was in with me at that time, when I need a motor, that's where I'm going. Yeah. 
Yeah, we hear we hear that a lot about Craig Blossom. Very helpful. Oh yeah. yeah so, he is. so anyhow, so, this the Shaker Racing Corvette was sitting in the garage. It was kind of a barn find, wasn't it? Well, Dick, uh, this car has never been on the street. Um, wow. A gentleman that was a good friend of Dick's by the name of Jake Palvis bought that car right off the showroom floor with a 245 horse four speed mm-hmm. and headed for the drag track. Yep. And uh, he never put it on the street. And the cars had multiple suspensions under it. Now it's it's a four link with a watch link to center it up and uh, mm-hmm. got two gray arms. And the, the construction is just a, a piece of art. I mean, Jake was a machinist by trade. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like that Ron Bond that runs up there. At, yep. at Quite the fabricator, huh? That guy is a genius, just just like Jake was. I mean, this mm-hmm. Bond, when he was with Jerry Arnold, man, those oh, guys yeah. were fair. Those two put their heads together and made some serious horsepower yes. out, of, out of little bitty yeah. engines. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I mean, the guy's making his own crankshaft, you know? I'm pretty good on lathe, but don't ask me to set up a four jaw and start swinging a crank in there. Yeah. <laughs> no. So now you and uh, you and Craig, you totally restored this car from top to yeah. bottom. It took you how long? Well, we picked it up in November. I got to bring you my book that I, that I had printed. Yeah, there. you chronicled it, right? Yeah, and it's just all those email articles that I did. Mm-hmm. We picked it up November 15th of 2015. And we both decided that we'll throw a quick paint job on this thing. I'll buy a crate motor and we'll go racing. Mm-hmm. Well, that lasted about three days. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the underside it had been uh, it had been sitting in the warehouse either from '85 or '87. Wow! Until we got it out of there, you know, Dick Dick has a fleet of really nice stuff, mm-hmm. and he bought this car from Jake's estate. Jake passed away at a young age from breaking. Mm-hmm. So he bought the Corvette and uh, he, with the idea that he was going to drive it on the street. Well, one thing led to another, and Dick just would never take time out for pleasure. He always worked so many hours. Yeah, I mean, he was the hardest working guy I've ever known. I, I mm-hmm. could call down there at midnight and see if they're there. Yeah, bring it on down, because we they had built a shop down in the Lakeville and that's where they put the dyno in down there. And being an electronics tech and an electrician, I, I went down and installed all the controls. Oh, okay. And, uh, and that, you know, that doing things like that was, was part of the way I kept my bill paid. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Yeah. They built a new shop over in, in Granger and, uh, mm-hmm. I worked there seven days a week. You know, getting that thing up, Carl Wolf and I. Yeah, that's and, uh, that's the one I remember, the Shaker Racing and Granger. Yeah, and Carl was Carl was Dick's right hand man. You know, and Carl ended up working for NASCAR as a, a tech on cylinder heads. Mm-hmm. Carl was a Notre Dame grad, uh, a fabricator like just like Jake was. I mean, he could build the neatest stuff. He he taught me a lot about machining. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's passed away quite a few years ago now too mm-hmm. but dick was uh dick was always there for me you know he would mm-hmm. he would be upset when i wouldn't do what he'd tell me but <laughs> that never changed the way he treated me 
Nice. What did he do for me? So he said, go ahead, take the car and, and do what you want with it, huh? Yeah, I was over to his house and I, I think I was in between the Stewart family and my last driver. I had five drivers in that funny car over the years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was telling him about Mason breaking in another family. And I said, you know, I, I should have stayed in them plastic cars like that Corvette over there. And he said, you want that car? You want to race it? Come and get it. Oh, wow. Oh, well, wow. <laughs> then I, I got hooked up with the Stewart's, which was the greatest thing for me because mm -hmm. they're a racing family. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, and they were behind that deal of having uh, Paul Stewart's grandson in the car. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they supported that. In every way, actually, Paul Stewart III mm -hmm. parked his Monte Carlo for a year just, that's right. just to use that funny car. I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's recent history. That's yeah, yeah, no kidding. Not this Corvette is like racing a, a street car compared to that funny car. I mean, that stupid <laughs> little car took a lot of work to keep it, you know, run, <laughs> running, running rounds. Craig and I, you know, and Craig is, Craig is like a... Uh, Oh, mother him. I mean, he just, he flitters around that car. He's polishing this. He's sweeping out this. You know, he's yeah. checking this. He's under it. He's checking the heat on the rotors. And mm -hmm. since we had that brake problem. Yeah, most recently. Yeah. yeah. So this car, uh, we'll go back to the family when you guys are done racing it. Is that right? Yeah, when uh, the stewards, uh, Paulie, the fourth, Mm -hmm. Decided he wanted to run a dragster and be like the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I told him, I said, well, then I, I'm going to park this car. Yep. And I couldn't really face breaking in another family. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's like stick and ball sports, you know. Um, it takes practice, right? Well, it takes that, but somebody's got to be the leader. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants to be a leader. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. No, you're, you're exactly right. And I always, I always tried to, I never said it's my car, we're doing it my way, because that's just not the way to get along with people. Right. And so when they decided they were going to the dragster, and this was in 15, mm -hmm. they told me, and I said, well, I'm done. And that lasted about a week, and I thought, I did, I just had this emptiness, you know, that I couldn't face and back to the track the next year, no car. <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. So I went over to Dix, and I said, you know, some years back, you offered me that Corvette, still sitting in the same place. Mm -hmm. I said, you offered me that Corvette? And uh, I said, I'm going to give you a, a day to think about it, but I, I think I'd like to take you up on that deal. I said, don't answer me now. I'll be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I, I came back the next day and I walked in his garage. He's got a beautiful, his garage has four 16 foot doors on it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long it is, but it's huge. No kidding. Yeah, it's hooked onto his house and he, <laughs> it's just immaculate out there. You know, Dick, I've gotten sloppy in my old age, but Dick was always just neat as a pin. Now my stuff is pretty neat, but sometimes my garage and my shop looks like a dump. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Right now, I'm I'm a little bit depressed or disappointed in myself. I should say that I've I've let it get this way. But anyway, I I went back the next day and I said, uh, well, I said if you had 
time, or no, I didn't even get a chance to get out of there. He said, you go get that car yet? And I said, well, I guess that answers my question. Mm -hmm. So, and I had talked about this deal with Craig and he was all in. So uh, we went and got it a couple of days later and uh, started and I borrowed a rotisserie from a dude and mm -hmm. it was a little difficult because this car's got a full cage Wow. You know, it's welded in there, so I couldn't take the body off the frame. So we had to rotate the entire assembly. Oh, yeah. But it and, and uh, it worked fine, you know, but uh, between Craig and Russ Sutton and I, and, and Russ is a Corvette expert. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he's on his third one now. Yeah, Russ Sutton. Oh, yeah. Russ would come down and, and uh, you know, he would just take over when, when we built the wheel wells. For the back, Jake could widen the stock ones, and that's probably what I would have done, and it would have been horrendous in there. <laughs> I mean, I would have probably worked a month to, to get them to look stock, but it was still been very restrictive. Mm -hmm. And they went down to Downs and bought a sheet, four by eight sheet of glass, and old Russ started hacking that up and that, and I'm glad I, I turned that part over to him because he just... Uh, um, a master when it comes to these plastic cars, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, then two years later, I mean, you know, we thought we could be out the next year. Nah, we Take, didn't get done. Takes so, uh, a little time, doesn't it? <laughs> February of 18. Can you believe that? Wow. But we did absolutely everything on that car with the exception of the machine work on the block. Oh, good, good for you. That's and it, it's a that is a just a, an immaculate piece of equipment that oh, you've got yeah. there. It's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah, we we really are proud of that thing. And and Jake was kind of uh, partial to orange. He that car was a a uh, metal flake orange. He had uh, BB up there, I think, in Kalamazoo. Mm -hmm. Painted it and had the ghost flames and. Yeah. All kinds of stuff in it. And uh, I knew Jake liked orange. And I told Craig, I said, we paint this car. It's got to be orange. Oh, yeah. So we went to House of Colors and uh, picked the orange that we wanted. Well, it had a, a kind of a fluorescent green base with a red top coat. And when I painted a couple pieces, I hated it. I thought, this isn't what I've got in mind. Mm -hmm. So I took it back to the supply house. And they took everything back but one one open can. But and I went to uh DuPont's hot hues with a silver base and an orange top coach. You know, I put three coats of silver, three coats of orange, two heavy coats of clear, and mm -hmm. I, I wish I would have put one more coat of clear on it. I'm a little hesitant to get in there and do any wet sand and buffing. I don't want to see any orange on that buffer, so oh yeah. There's, there's a little flatness here and there, but unless you get in the light the right way, it's hard to see. <laughs> Only you know what's there. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, and the thing that we were concerned about, I went over to Barry's seat cover in South Bend and talked to him about carpet. And he says, I can get you the carpet you want. He says, this stuff, you can, use, you can stretch it, you can go around corners. And man, when we got done with that carpet job, you think some professional did it. Nice. nice. It was Craig and I, and when on the inside stuff, you know, Craig can 
Tell Craig to go down a rat hole if you needed him to, because he can just manipulate <laughs> his body around, not me. <laughs> yeah, amateur guy. contortionist, huh? Little guy, yeah. still flexible. <laughs> yeah. And I wish I'd, I've never been really flexible. I never could touch my toes in my whole life. Yeah. So, you know. so Craig's been doing the driving, you know, for the most part. But then oh, it was last Saturday, you came up in the tower and says, I, I need to do a license pass. So I said, yeah, that's, yes. that's fine. I thought it'll go 60 feet and shut it off. Next thing you know, I see you, you got two feet on the gas, and you're going right on down through there. I thought, my goodness, what's going on? He couldn't let off, I guess. He just got that need for speed. I thought, just couldn't stop. But it was actually, it was a legal run, right? You'd already done your preliminaries? Yeah, I have a Class E IHRA license, and okay. the only thing she told me down there, I think they've even moved their offices now out of Norwalk. West Palm, yeah. But she told me that uh, all I needed was just the two nine-second runs to qualify for a Class B license. Nobody told me that, though. <laughs> well, I, I thought that's what I was telling you, Gary. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was so surprised. Everybody laughing at me. I thought, where's he going? What's he doing? <laughs> I, I think you had Gary going there for a minute. It went like a 950 with a thing or something. Whoa. No, I, I went in 88. I, it was still like last year. I was mass confusion. Uh, when it launched, I blipped the throttle. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, we, and that, then the 60 went to 147, which usually yeah. it's a 30. Yeah. Um, and then because we had had that brake problem, then Craig ran the car even with the brakes were getting really spongy. Mm -hmm. But he let off. At a thousand feet, and and we got beaten the third round two weeks before. Mm -hmm. So, what had happened was, is these our brakes are the small rotors and pads are in the front of the car, and the big ones are in the rear. The four piston calipers are in the rear. Right. Yep. Had I put a, a bias on there, we probably wouldn't have been all right. But we wore those pads out in less than forty runs, and it was on, metal to metal on the front, right? Yeah, and the oh, piston wow. came out too far and blew the O-ring out. Wow. Oh, yeah. So we got to, I got the Willwood the restrictor and, and a pressure gauge. Yeah. And set it up now. We got 450 on the rear caliper and 300 on the fronts. Mm -hmm. And Craig's been checking the temperatures on the rotors, and he said they're right pretty close to the same. So we're pretty satisfied that we might get more than 40 runs out of a set of brake pads. Oh, yeah. You should certainly get way more than 40 runs. So, Jim, how did that feel to go down that track after 40 years after not being in the behind the wheel like that? Well, it, it brought back a lot <laughs> of those memories. Oh, that. Uh, you know, and when I went into E-Gas the last year I raced a car, a friend of mine, Neil Hanawick, mm -hmm. gave me a 329, had to bat in heads and... and yep. uh, it was a nice piece, mm -hmm. um, but they were running them stupid Brooks rods, mm. and I kept tapping the, the top and trapping the rings. You know, it, it run like hell for about two runs, and then it come up and start. And I I cut the lid uh, about ninety thousandths. Mm. Finally got that stopped, but I never got a good seal on the piston. And and I I went uh, a ten fifteen. At a low 130, and mm -hmm. I, I really liked the way that felt. And oh, yeah, this car when it went in, I'm kind of waiting for it to shift, and then when it shifted, you know, it took right off again. Mm -hmm. We've got a, a timer in there, yep, 
you know, that shifts at a 6,600 RPM switch. Yep. And I think from what I could feel in it that that the torque had gone away and it was still climbing. And I thought, man, I think I might drop that shift point a couple hundred. <laughs> okay. <laughs> kind of nose over a little on the top of first gear, huh? Yeah, we would. If we can stay in the 50s and be consistent, we'll be happy. Yeah. You know, that's what we thought when we built it. Carway's 2560. Okay. Uh, Not bad. We've got a 48, 48 Dana 60 in there. Mm -hmm. uh, we left it in because it would be it's damn near indestructible it's it's not quite as good as nine inch ford because that ford has another gear or bearing on a pinion and the fords have about a a contact ratio of like 2.1 something on the pinion to the ring gear whereas mm -hmm. that dana 60 is less than two and that's what makes that they the way they positioned that pinion gear and that mm -hmm. ford third member mm -hmm. they get more contact between the pinion and the ring and that's why they're still good yeah. right yeah spreads the load out a little bit it more. makes sense it does yeah. you know that that uh when i first built the 62 the mammals i had an olds in there and mm -hmm. i picked that olds because right out of the right out of the boneyard the distance flange to flange was perfect for that car at that time mm -hmm. so um we would go about 25 runs and sometimes i would just change the ring gear and not mess with the pinion wow <laughs> no kidding 25 runs is yeah. new newer end gears huh wow well yeah they would start to crack wow the pinion would be fine but the ring gear you know and rather than mess around and, and do that crush on the on the crush sleeve on the pinion and everything yeah. right we just bolt another ring uh, gear, ring gear. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about uh setting it up and 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 checking well, your your, your we used to run it and everything yeah a little loose and the nice thing about that olds was it had adjustable you didn't have to shim it like you do the dana ah okay yeah you know move that ring gear in out of pinion and i remember when i was setting this dana up and we did the uh lead pattern test on it yep and i liked it and Craig says, well, do you think that's enough contact? And I said, it'll be fine. And and I had the picture of it in one of my one of my uh, reports. And Paul Stewart made some comment about that pattern on there. Mm. Well, we're running a 7.5 weight oil in that thing now. I mean, they've got it down. This Luca stuff is amazing. You know, yeah. we used to run... 140 and then dropped to 80, 90 or 85, 90. Mm -hmm. And now we're running 7.5. It's about like water, isn't it? Yeah. And that thing doesn't make any noise. Hmm. Um, and I told Craig, I said, I'd rather have them on the loose side. You know, I've set up a lot of these through my career and uh, I've seen them come out of there galled. Yeah. Uh, when, I, you know, things change. And I said, let's just try this. Trust me. It'll be all right. Yep. Set it up He's loose, and once it gets warm, it'll tighten up just a little bit and oh, be yeah. right where you want it to be. Exactly. And of course, you know, those tolerances change all the way around the ring gear. So you got to check, 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 and then find the one that's the tightest and make that, you know, your loosest. Right. Exactly. Well, Jim, I'll tell you what, I'd, uh, I'm sure proud of you guys, you and Craig and, and the Stewart family, all everybody's pitched in on that, Russ Sutton. 
I mean, that, uh, that you guys must be having a blast. I don't know how old you are, but you're probably collecting Social Security, right? Well, I'm 77. Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I just think it just looks like you guys are having the time of your life out there. Yeah, you know, I was talking to Louis Hall in uh, there, and I, Louis had made some comment about he'd like to drive that car. And I went over and I said, Louis, whenever you're ready to get in that car, mm -hmm. get in there. Wouldn't that be great? That would be cool. That'd be very oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe next time, uh, if we can work that in where we don't lose one of our two passes. Yeah, I'll do it on a Friday night or something. Well, we probably won't be up there any more Fridays. You know, I stay okay. over. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's, you know, it's another night at the hotel. Mm -hmm. But uh, when when you think of that, I mean, get a hold of me during the during the day or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can make a little Lua. A little feature there. That'd be oh, that wonderful. would be cool. That'd be wonderful. Well, the next time we'll see you in the Shaker Racing Corvette will be, I think, the 23rd of, of June. Our yeah, next, 22nd. Next point race. 22nd, yeah. 23rd of June, I think, is the mm -hmm. next uh, yeah. Lane Automotive Bracket Race Series yep. race that you guys are planning on being at. And I'm just going to give a, a quick uh, a PSA. If you've not gone and checked out the Shaker Racing Corvette, do yourselves a favor. Go check it out. The thing is immaculate. <laughs> Inside and out, top to bottom. Yeah, check it, it out. You 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 definitely want to see it, and and I'm sure Jim would love to to kind of show it off to you. <laughs> well, we've got those hero cards, and and my sweetheart Debbie Anders, you know Craig's wife Claudia. Yeah, and Deb are on the crew, and and uh, they fuel the car, and and Claudia checks the tires and sets those, and Deb always is handing out hero cards, so no, anybody likes it. They can get a picture of it, and on the back's a little driver bio for both of us. Great. That's great. Some, yeah. some of the pictures. We'll have to check one of those out. For sure. Well, Jim, thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to, to sit down and talk with us a little bit about your racing career and, and the, the Shaker Racing Corvette and, and the, the junior dragster endeavors that you were into. Um, I, I've really enjoyed getting a little bit of your, your history, and, and, mm -hmm. and I hope our listeners have as well. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, right. Jim. Thanks a lot, Jim. Yeah, take care. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Now. Man, Gary, that was a that was a, a neat interview with Jim Overmeyer. Yes. I I really enjoyed I I I I really enjoy hearing the history. You me know, too. that's that gets me going a little bit and the technical aspect of it. And I'm I mean, so proud of those guys to bring back a tribute car like that. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, it's just you could go on for hours to hear this guy. <laughs> I suppose someday if we have an afternoon. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Things. No kidding. I. We were talking a little bit after the end of the phone call off here, and I, I think we could have gone for about three hours. Oh, man. What a wealth of information. The, the stories and the details on everything. but Very impressive. I, I hope everybody enjoys that as much as we did. And uh, that's going to put a close to Episode 28 of Modified to the Lanes. <laughs> and thank you once again for taking some time and, and listening to our show. Let us know what you think. Send us a comment or a message on Facebook. However you uh, know how to get a hold of us, stop us at the racetrack or step up and, and visit Gary in the tower sometime and then just let him know what you think. So thank you once again, and we'll hopefully see you this weekend. Okay, thanks, fellas. Goodbye now. <laughs>